0: Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Today we're gonna to take something that people don't quite understand and make it simple. What is the Trinity? How can all three be God and work together as God? We'll talk about it from the Word of God today and take that which is complicated and make it simple. Join me in the Word of God together.
1: For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob
0: Yandian. If you wanna go ahead and open in the Bible with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14, this is where we're going to begin. We're gonna talk about understanding the Godhead or the Trinity. So while you're finding those verses of scripture, again, welcome to those who are first timers and welcome to those who have just been watching a few times. And it's one thing to watch one time. It's another thing to go back and go, hmm, I kind of like that. You listen the second time, I really like that. And you begin to listen more and more. There's some that have been watching now for months and for years. There's also some that have been listening almost from the very beginning. Even many out there who were with me the 33 years I pastored are in there sometime and have joined me now and are still growing in the things of God. Understand this, you'll never quit growing in the word of God. It's something that lasts forever. I remember hearing one time I saw a guy that hadn't been to church in a long time, had been with us for years, and he was older now. His, he had, had grandkids. There was, you know, they had all moved away and stuff like that. He and his wife quit coming to church. And I asked him why he says he said, I paid my dues. Are you kidding? Church is a due, something that you have to pay, a place you have to go to, and you figure after a while, I paid my dues. I'll tell you when you finish paying your dues, when you die, that's when, until then, until the last day you're here, you need the Word of God. If you're just too old to get out of bed or you're sick or something, have the Word of God brought, listen, listen online, do something where you can hear the Word of God and then keep coming to it daily. So thank God for those who realize as long as I'm on this earth, I need the Word of God. What you're saying in essence says, I've reached such a perfection, I don't need the word of God anymore. Well, listen, why go to heaven? Cause once you go to heaven, you realize just how imperfect you still were and how far you still have to go. There's there's a, a reward seat of Christ where you're rewarded for the deeds you've done. You'll receive a resurrection body. You'll be able to go around the universe. All the different things that's that's brought up in the uh, word of God about what you can do in a resurrection body simply tell you, you'll still be learning throughout all of time. So again, thank you. For those of you who are now, uh, again, partners with me in this ministry and stand with me, thank you. And if you'd like to become a partner with me, in fact, some of you already know it, You've been resting with this. So every time you watch this part, you say, I should be giving to him. And you're fighting the Holy Spirit on the inside of it. Why don't you just give up and find out there's blessings and prosperity on the other side. Proper giving into the kingdom of God opens up the door for God to bless you with more. Because if you give, he can trust you with the next amount and the next amount. So listen, just to be obedient to God and do it. And on top of that, you'll be happy when there'll be a peace come on you like, wow, I'm helping to spread the word of God, not to make just converts out of people, but disciples, for that's the reason why God left us here. He saved us to take us to heaven, but he left us here for us to take other people to heaven and for us to grow and mature in the Christian life. Go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. And again, thank you ahead of time. Second Corinthians 13 and verse 14 says this, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This verse mentions all three members of the Godhead the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you watching today, you maybe don't believe in the Trinity. It's harder to believe that God is just one person, than there's actually three making up the Godhead, because there's so much scripture, even from the beginning when God, and chapter one of Genesis, chapter two of Genesis, let us make man in our image. I mean, the Trinity has been there since the opening of the Bible, found throughout the word of God. It's just the fact that people say, well, it's so hard to explain. No, it's not. It's very simple to explain explain. Let me tell you what the Trinity really is. It's three who act together as one. The word God in the Old Testament, Elohim, is plural. The I am ending on a Hebrew word indicates it's plural. And so when you say God, instead of us saying gods, we say God, but it's a, it's a plural word. What it simply means is this. We have a, we have a word in our in our vocabulary called team. All right. The word team means there's more than one involved, but the word team is a singular word. And when we refer to God, we often refer to him like Jehovah, a singular term. But when it's talking about the entire Trinity, it uses the word God or Elohim. In other words, God is like the word team. It's many making up one. It's three making up one. And on top of that, a team, a singular word made up of many simply means there are team members. You have a quarterback, you have a receiver, you have wide, you know, tackle. All the different ones that are on the team simply make up a team. God the Father is a team. And just like there's a quarterback who does one thing, a pass receiver who does something else, you have defense and offense. You have all the players making up a particular slot. They do their job as a team together and their job adds to the hugeness of the whole team working together. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all have different functions. God the Father plans it. Jesus Christ executes the plan, and the Holy Spirit reveals the plan. The three work together as one, but they all have different jobs. Let's talk about creation. Who is it that came up with the idea of creation? God did. God was the planner. God originated the plan. Guess who created everything? Jesus Christ created everything. And the Bible says, through him, Colossians tells us, that by him, Jesus Christ was all things made that were made, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus Christ created everything. We're told in Hebrews chapter 1, he created angels. Who makes his angels? ministers. So Jesus Christ created them and he created them as the Bible says there in that verse of scripture as flames of fire. So Jesus Christ created angels. Jesus Christ created everything. God the Father planned it. Jesus Christ did it and the Holy Spirit reveals the plan. We find it in the Word of God starting with Genesis chapter one verse one. In the beginning, God Elohim created the heavens and the earth. So again, we have all that God planned it. Jesus Christ did it and the Holy Spirit wrote in the Word of God and brings it to us. But next of all, not only that, but God, again, the Godhead working together as one, not only was the plan of uh, creation that way, the plan of redemption. Who planned the plan of redemption? God the Father, who went to the cross and executed it, born into this earth of a virgin, lived for 33 years on the earth, walked among men, went to the cross, died, was buried Quickened, resurrected, uh, walked on the earth for 40 days, and then went up to heaven and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Who designed the plan, God did. Who executed the plan? Jesus Christ did. Who revealed the plan, the Holy Spirit has by the writing of the Old and New Testament. We find again that's how the God, uh, the three members of the Godhead work together. They are all, there's certain things they all have. They're all omniscient. That means they know everything. They're all omnipresent. That means they're everywhere. Uh, they all have uh, eternal power. That all the different the aspects of the Godhead all of them tell the truth. They're all truthful. And by all of them knowing the same thing, it simply means... If you could divide the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit up for a moment, go to one end of the universe and talk to God the Father, the other other end of the universe, talk to Jesus Christ, and an opposite end of the universe and talk to the Holy Spirit, you could ask them all the same question. They would give you exactly the same answer. That's their unity. They work together as one. They are a team and just like, again, we have teams and there's members of the team. We have God, the team, and members of that team who have their own responsibilities, yet they work together as one. And guess what? They all get the praise. It's much like talking to the quarterback after the game. Those passes were great, man. You were the one. He goes, no, no, no. It was the team working together. Because realize something, I couldn't stand there and pass if somebody went around blocking all those who would to tackle me. You go down the list of all the things that happened. I mean, not only was his eye right, but there had to be that runner running. Just because he, although he threw the pass, Somebody caught it and somebody ran across the end zone, into the end zone, and it simply comes back to this. They work together as a team and all get the credit. So Jesus Christ gets the credit, God the Father gets the credit, the Holy Spirit gets the credit. And if you ask the Holy Spirit, he says, I only do what the what Jesus told me, I do what the Father says. And the same thing, they all work together. Old Testament prayers were made up of Old Testament doctrine. Let's read Numbers chapter six, if you would. Turn to verse 23. Numbers six, verse 23. Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, On this wise, you will bless the children of Israel, saying to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The word there for Lord, which is Jehovah, is simply saying this. Most of the time, there was not a total understanding of the God had all three members, as there is in the new. Yet the Trinity is presented in the Old Testament, but mainly the teachings of the Old Testament refer to him as Lord, the Lord. And people often say, well, I, I don't believe in all this, three of them. There's just one and we call him the Lord. My dad worked with a man one time who was, well, oneness. In oneness, simply believe there's only one member of the Godhead. There is not three members of the Godhead. And this man was talking about, you know, well, you know, there's just one and you can't separate. And how dare you say there's three gods? I'm not saying there's three gods. There is one God made up of three persons who work together as a team. But what my dad was talking to this man about was he went on and on about, you know, there's only one. And my dad said, well, what about when Jesus was was you know, baptized. He said, what do you mean? He said, well, Jesus was baptized. The Holy Spirit came as a dove and sat upon him. And God, the father spoke from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Who was it speaking? If there's only Jesus Christ, Jesus only is what they believe. And the man said, well, he was a ventriloquist. (sighs) You know, that's that. the extent you have to go to, to actually think there's only one member of the Godhead is harder in understanding, there's all three. When the three are mentioned throughout Scripture, but more in the New Testament than in the Old Testament, a greater understanding in the New Testament of the Trinity. The Trinity again is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But the term referred to them is in 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 all of them being a three. The Old Testament word is is Elohim and translated as God. But Jehovah refers to them working together and sees them as one or Yahweh. And this is the word Lord. Lord looks at them at their unity and sees one, but Elohim sees all three members of it individually. The uh, the Trinity is presented in the Old Testament, but taught and explained in the new. God is seen as one in essence in the Old Testament. Deuteronomy chapter six and verse four says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, Now notice this, he's one Lord. Lord is the word that is used for their unity. But here, O Israel, the Lord, our God, and the word God here, Elohim, is simply saying, but there's just one Lord. We only serve one Lord. And listen, you can't say, well, I just serve Jesus and not the Father. That's nuts, okay? You can't do that. No, I follow the Holy Spirit. Well, what the Holy Spirit told me, I listen, I believe that, but I know the Bible says this, but the Holy Spirit told me that the word of God is in essence, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the word, the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ is the word and simply you don't follow him and disobey the Holy Spirit or follow the Holy Spirit and disobey the Lord Jesus Christ. They are one. the word and the spirit always agree. God is taught as more persons than one in the Old Testament. The verse I quoted originally uh, a little while ago was Genesis 1-2. God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. The three members of the Godhead are seen in the Old Testament and from time to time, much less than the New Testament, it is mentioned. Isaiah 48 and verse 16 says this, come near to me, and this is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one who came from heaven and came and lived with us. Come near to me, hear this, I have spoken in secret from the beginning, from the time that it was, there am I. And now the Lord God, this is the Father, and his Spirit, the Holy Spirit, have sent me. Isaiah was saying that Jesus Christ has sent me, the Father has sent me, the Holy Spirit has sent me, and now I have come in the name of the Lord. And we'll talk about this when we come back after the break. And so, again, after halftime, we'll be back, and you can go ahead and open up to some other verses of Scripture. Turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 13, and we will see about the unity of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: The Father is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Son. And the Son is not the Father. But they are all God, three in one, the Holy Trinity, Each member of the Trinity does different things in relationship with the believer and with each other. This relationship has been confusing to many Christians and is totally beyond understanding to the world, but it is easy to comprehend once it is perceived in the Scriptures. This insightful Bible teaching will impart a deeper understanding of the attributes and purposes of the members of the Trinity, as well as the believer's responsibility and relationship with each individual member of the Godhead. Join Pastor Bob Yandian for these simple lessons on the Trinity, 3 Yet One, and Our Relationship with the Trinity. To order Understanding the Trinity, visit bobyandian.com.
0: Hi, Pastor Bob. March the 7th through the 9th, I'm having my minister's conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Joseph Z will be joining me and I want you to join me too, no matter what phase of ministry you're involved
1: in. March the 7th through the 9th. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines are demystified, redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership.
0: Examples of unity are seen throughout the Word of God. I think of 2 Chronicles 5.13. You should have already turned there by now if you didn't. Quickly do it. Second Chronicles chapter five and verse thirteen. It came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one. Notice this. How many trumpeters were there? It didn't say, but a ton of them. And the singers, choir upon choir. This is at the dedication of the temple, it came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one. In other words, this beautiful harmony came together of trumpets and singers and the voice of people, voice of men and women, along with those playing the trumpets and maybe some other instruments in there also, it says we're as one. You know, we often talk about coming to church and want to get into unity. In the upper room, they were in unity and here they came together. And this was so powerful that when the trumpeters and singers were as one, the Holy Spirit descended, the people just literally fell out on the floor and uh, the singers and all those that were there. So we have this here again, that it's possible for many to be seen as one. Again, I brought the word team. Team is one word consisting of many. And uh, so we could actually look at the word God like the word team, and that God is one word consisting of three. And so here we have scriptural examples of it. Judges chapter 20 and verse one says, all the children of Israel went out and their congregation gathered together as one man. This is what we do with a team. No one person gets the credit. Some might do more than others. Some actually might be more skilled than others, but without someone out there blocking and tackling, the skilled one can't do what they're supposed to do. Skill doesn't stand by itself. You need the teamwork around you. Acts chapter two and verse one. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. And so we have it here in that verse of scripture. Why did the Holy Spirit come? He waited till there was unity among them as there is unity in the Godhead. He waited for all them to quit thinking as they were praying about their kids, about what's going to happen tomorrow. We all faced it when we go to prayer one testimony I remember, there was a lady, Sister Webb, that that attended the meetings we had. She pastored a small church in Oklahoma, but she got honest and was talking about when she goes to pray and says, I I do this. I don't know if anybody else does. And everybody had to laugh because we all do. She says, I was praying in prayer thinking, I'm going to take this need to God. And I found myself in the middle of my prayer, walking down the aisle of the grocery store and comparing prices of coffee on the can and seeing which one was cheaper. And she said, I had to stop myself and think, what are you doing? And get back to praying. We all have times when we're gonna do something spiritual, but our mind begins to wander off on other things. And notice this, the same thing happened on the day of Pentecost. And I'm sure that's why they were in there for a time period. They had to finally come together where they quit thinking about coffee prices Quit thinking about the grocery store. Quit thinking about what donkey they're going to go, you know, ride tomorrow, uh, where they're going to go, uh, what the family's going to be doing, where they're going to have their next picnic. They had to stop thinking about this and unify around the fact they were waiting for the coming of the power of the New Testament for accomplishing witnessing, for putting churches together, for ministering in the Holy Spirit, supernatural signs and wonders. It's the power of the Holy Spirit, which was about to do a brand new work from the day of Pentecost on, like it never been done, bringing the new birth position with Christ. Christ living inside of us. We become the temple of the Holy Spirit. All the things we had that were not even available in the Old Testament, and when they finally came together, when they finally came together and the Holy Spirit descended. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31 and 32. You know what? I think one of the best ways to consider unity among more than one is to think of marriage and here they quote uh, in Ephesians 5:31 quote Genesis chapter 2 when uh when Adam took Eve as his wife for this cause a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Look at the analogies here. A man and a woman become one in the flesh. Jesus Christ and his church become one in the Spirit, just as God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit are as one. We see examples of unity around us every day, and yet we gripe. How can God be three yet one? And we see examples of it all around us every day. And we try to reduce God down to one simple formula. This cannot be, so there can't be three gods. There's not three gods. There's three members of God. God, who is plural, has three individual members. And when their unity is mentioned, it is the Hebrew word of the Old Testament, Lord Jehovah. So God is three in persons, yet one in vision, goals, and purpose. I've already said it before. God the Father creates the plan, whether it's creation or redemption. Jesus Christ executes the plan. He made all things, and he's the one who came, born of a virgin, lived 33 years without sin, went to the cross, crucified for us, dead, quickened, buried, and came back alive, and now walked the earth for 40 days, now sits in heaven alive and well in a resurrection body. And then the Holy Spirit reveals the plan through the Word of God, and then times where He shows us by Himself, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, what we are to do in our lives. All three members of, of again, have our one in attributes. Let me tell you some of the single attributes all of them have. All three of them are sovereign. They can do things. The Holy Spirit is seen as giving us the, the gifts of the Spirit as He wills. And then also Jesus Christ is sovereign in that respect and He places it in the body as it's pleased Him. God the Father is also over all time periods and dispensations. He's sovereign in that respect. There's times when they are sovereign, but there's also times they work with us. Next of all, they're not only all three sovereign, they're all three righteous. There is not one cleaner than the next one. No, they're all, i all walked totally, and live totally, exist totally in absolute righteousness, not human righteousness, but absolute righteousness. Next of all, they execute the same justice, all three of them. All three of them have eternal love, eternal life. All three of them are omniscient. They know everything. They're all omnipresent. They can be everywhere. They're all omnipotent in strength, in power. They all are immutable. They cannot change. And truthfulness, they cannot do anything but tell the truth. Jesus didn't say, I am a truth or i speak. Speak truth. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. Psalm 27 and verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Isn't it interesting the word Lord, they're speaking of unity. Actually, when you take a look at light, light looks white. But did you know that white is made up of three primary colors? Light is white because it's made up of three colors, red, yellow, and blue. The three primary colors put together. And just like light is made up of three primary colors, salvation is also threefold, past, present, and future. Spirit, soul, and body. They're all together in one. I am Bob. Listen, Bob is made up of a spirit, soul, and body. My salvation, the moment I received it, is threefold. It covers my past. It covers my present, it covers my future. We are surrounded by trinities around us, and we often then again come back and I don't understand the trinity of God. It's simple. Again, three working together with one vision, one common purpose, three individuals, and they call themselves God. Much like, again, the word team. New Testament refers much to the Trinity. Acts 17 and verse 29. I'm just going to give you these verses. You can look them up yourself. It's the word Godhead. Acts 17, verse 29. Romans 1, 20. Colossians 2, 9 refers to the Godhead. The Godhead doesn't mean one individual head. It's all three working together as the head of everything. The Godhead is over everything. Nothing is higher than God. Matthew chapter three, verses 16 and 17, Jesus, when he was baptized, came up immediately out of the water. The heavens were opened unto him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him and a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Wow, all three members of the Godhead were involved in the baptism of Jesus. Jesus was placed in the water. When he came up, the Holy Spirit came upon him As he does on us when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus then entered into his public ministry. Up until then, the Holy Spirit was accompanying him, but the Holy Spirit came on him for power. And the next of all, a voice from heaven from the Father saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. No one thinks a thing about it. But these are kind of things, if you're, if you believe in the oneness and there is no tr- trinity, this is one of those, how you get around this verse of scripture. But again, if you still choose to believe what you believe, fine. It's not a heaven or hell issue. But I think when you get to heaven, you might actually see Jesus, uh, sitting on a throne next to the heavenly father who's seated on a throne and the presence of the Holy Spirit is throughout all of heaven. Matthew 28, verse 19 says this, "'Go therefore and teach all nations, "'baptizing them in the name of the Father "'and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.'" I think this has to be reminiscent of when Jesus was baptized and the Father spoke, Jesus Christ went in the water and came out and the Holy Spirit again descended on him. And this is saying the same thing. When you're born again and you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you're baptized in water, think about this, all three members of the Godhead are involved. I received Jesus as my Savior. The Father gave me eternal life the Holy Spirit now lives in me, and my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses four through six, there are differences of gifts, but it is the same spirit, different administrations, the same Lord in operations, and operations of the same God. All three members of the Godhead are mentioned in verses four through six. Ephesians chapter two and verse 18, through him, that's Jesus Christ, we have access by one spirit into the Father. By accepting Jesus Christ, I have access by the Holy Spirit into the presence of God. First John chapter five and verse seven says this, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one, it's so simple, again, three members of the Godhead, but like a team, they operate as one. The Father, the Word, that's another name for Jesus Christ because he is the Word and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the manifested member of the Godhead. What do we mean by that? When God wants to show himself, Old Testament or New, he always showed himself in the person of Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.15, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. God the Father is invisible. The Holy Spirit's invisible. The deity of Jesus Christ is invisible. But this one member came to us, took on a human body, and will remain in it forever so we can have a better understanding of God. John 1.1, 1, 1. in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is Jesus Christ. Again, like I said, God's invisible, Jesus is visible, and the Holy Spirit is invisible. The Word's are a tangible expression of invisible thoughts. And that's what Jesus Christ is called. He's called the Word made flesh. So words take an expression in invisible thought and they form it out here where people can kind of get hold of it and understand it. Thoughts are formed by God the Father. Words are spoken by Jesus Christ and comprehension takes place by the Holy Spirit. What are the ministries of the Godhead, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Jesus brought us to the grace of God. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. Second Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, my grace is sufficient for you. The love of God comes from the God of love because God is love. The Holy Spirit is our partner, our companion, and koinonia is the word that is used for fellowship as the Holy Spirit that gives us fellowship. And the Holy Spirit says, I don't speak of myself. I speak of Jesus Christ, and I speak of the Father, the things which I have seen. And heard, that's what I'm presenting to you. Again, we have the unity of the Trinity, but how they work together is incredible. This is how God's designed marriage to work. This is how God has designed a church to work. And the ultimate thing that God always stresses in the church is unity work together in unity. And God has asked us to do that. Just like God does, God exists because of the tremendous unity. And that way, if one can put a thousand
1: to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. See you